Hey family, how you doing? It's good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, my name is Mike Jones. Um, I get to, the Lord has actually called me. I get to be the assistant director of Central Valley Teen Challenge. So, um, you know, I, I can tell you that it, uh, serving the Lord was not on my mind. Okay, it was not on my mind as 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 I myself went through Teen Challenge. Okay, uh, for 16 years I was a meth addict. You probably can't tell by now, but you know, but but for 16 years I was a meth addict. Yes, I was a lot smaller than this. But uh, by the grace of God, uh, my mother, um, my praying mother, okay, my praying mother, uh, got me and led me to the ministry of Teen Challenge. Okay. And that was back in 2011. And uh, praise God that uh, he radically transformed my life. OK, he radically transformed my life. I mean, he got a hold of my heart because I thought I was going to rehab. There's a difference. OK, Teen Challenge is a Christian life school, a discipleship ministry for men and women and for teens also. Yeah, I know the, the name Teen Challenge. So back in 1968, a country preacher from and I always end up saying Philadelphia and it's not it's Pennsylvania <laughs> uh, was sitting and he had his prayer time if you don't know about teen challenge he had his prayer time he had sold his tv so he had sat and said lord I'm going to dedicate this time remember that later this time to pray and he had a time magazine opened up and there was pictures of seven teenagers that were on trial for murder in New York And he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say, go help those boys. And that's what he did. He got up, went to New York, and got kicked out of the courtroom. (laughs) And uh, they took a picture of him with his Bible. And um, that was a catalyst for him to be able to minister in New York. Because the gangs of New York saw that, that, hey, they must not like you. They kicked you out of the court. They don't like us. So he was able to minister to those, and he came in contact with a man named Nicky Cruz. Anybody know who Nicky is? Yes. And um, he was able to minister, and Nicky turned his life over. And he began, and he started the Ministry of Teen Challenge in Brooklyn, New York. To this day, it's still there, that same house, those two houses, where the first Teen Challenge was in 1968. They're still there on Clinton Avenue in Brooklyn and still operating as Teen Challenge. Praise the Lord. So we, like Pastor said, we are represented in all 50 states, Teen Challenge, Adult and Teen Challenges, and we're in 112 countries around the world. So the Lord has has birthed this ministry through this country preacher who got kicked out of a courtroom and just has 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 touched many lives. Just this October, we celebrated five years here in the Central Valley, five years right here in Reedley that the Lord blessed us with. I thank God that, that he allowed me to, to serve in this ministry. We just had in January the, uh, the thousandth person, if that's how you say it, 1,000 men came through Central Valley Teen Challenge. Praise the Lord. So God is doing some amazing work. I would have never thought, I thought, like I said, I thought I was going to rehab. I thought I was going to sit around, tell war stories, smoke cigarettes, and go back out there. No, the Lord said, I got something different for you. Okay, so praise the Lord. He radically touched my life, and he continues to radically transform men's lives. So we're here to help. That's what I'm coming here to say. We want to be a voice and, and, and the place of hope and help 
That's what Teen Challenge is. We, we definitely, um, we have some information in the back. Also, if, if you want to go online, you can go to teenchallenge.org and everything's there, even the application. So we are here to help. That's what we want to do. We want to see people be transformed by God's grace. That is my passion. The Lord has, has just blessed me with. I get to sit with these men out here and just, I, I tell them, this is my passion to see you transformed by God's grace. And that's what we want. That's what we want to see. We want to touch the community in a way where people are launched out to be different for the Lord, for the Lord. So that's that's our purpose. So at this point, I want to I want to turn over to my brother, Josh, right here. Oh, we also have events. Let me tell you about event real quick. We have event for the ladies, the ladies guild. OK, on May 1st, you can even look it up on 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 the website or we also have some information in the back. On May 1st, we have a banquet for the ladies. Come see us and you'll actually get to go on the property. I wish you guys could actually, we used to do tours. We used to do tours of the campus. It's right there um, in Reedley at the old Kingsview Hospital. If you would have saw the building we were praying for before, you'd be like, oh, the Lord has blessed you guys. 170 men can be there. So it's a beautiful campus, beautiful place. The Lord has done some amazing things. All glory to God. But May 1st, we do have a, a banquet that we're having. It's outside, you know, social distance, everything. But the choir, the actual choir that we wish we could have brought with us, um, the choir will actually perform and be a distance away, of course. Um, so we praise the Lord. But right now, I just want to call up my brother Josh DeVera, who is our choir director, choir director and worship leader. And um, I'm going to turn it over to Josh. Love you. Amen. Do some. So, uh, Mike Jones says that at the campus, like, you know, they, they call it shamming when, when you act like you're doing something, but you're not. And if Mike Jones passes by and you acting like you're doing something, but he catches you that you're not, he's going to be like, do some. And it's like something that he says. Uh, yeah, we, we do think it's the greatest thing. It's so funny when he says it. Um, but yeah, my name is Joshua and I am the choir director at Teen Challenge and uh, uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Um, I was using my gifts for the enemy back then, and, and it wasn't getting nowhere. But it's funny how when you put it in God's hands, he does something completely different with it. Amen? It's like you're doing exactly what you were created to do. And God will do that for each and every one of you. But first, I'd just like to say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart and from Teen Challenge and Mike and John Burns, the director, and all the students that we thank you for your love and your prayers and your support all these years, because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be a faith-based ministry. Amen? And the reason why that's so important is because being a faith-based ministry, we are not controlled by what the government wants us to do. Amen? That means we can give them Jesus breakfast, we can give them Jesus at lunch, and we can give them Jesus at dinner time. Amen? They come in a non-believer... You best believe they leave in a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. And you could even take Jesus out and eat him as a snack, too. Amen. They even eat him as a snack. You know, so it's just saturated. Right. I really hope that one day you guys can come on the campus and just see what the Lord is doing there, because it's absolutely miraculous how it all happened. Um, so, you know, I'm actually a product of grace, too. Um, I'm a product of Teen Challenge. I was lost. I was actually using heroin, and I almost lost my life, but thank God, sometimes you, being a knucklehead, sometimes I got to hit the ground a couple times, 
to realize that my way isn't the way. The way is Jesus Christ, right? And he showed me that, thank God. And here I am, I get to speak into the lives of men. I get to serve, like Mike said. It's an honor for me to serve there and to see the lives transform. And you just see the the light go on with these men. You really do. I mean, they come in broken. They come in hungry for something different. They've tried it all. They've Some of them have had money. Some of them have had success. Some of them were in gangs. Some of them were in prison backgrounds. Some of them were homeless. Some of them were alcoholics, and they had families. And, they're, and some of them are having, like, you know, uh, uh, what is it? What, what is it called when your wife is like, oh, ultimatum. Like, hey, you ain't coming home until you finish this program, right? Showing the tough love, right? But... But you know what? They come in broken, and sometimes that's the best place, you know, for God to work with you, right? Because you're in a million pieces, and he's like, finally, I can work with something, right? Because when you don't allow God to work, I mean, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. But when you're broken, you're just like, God, do some. (laughs) I'm a wreck right now. And so he picks up all the pieces, he puts you together. It's crazy. And you know why the men look so good there? It's, because, it's not because of a whitewashed tomb that they make themselves look good, but really in the inside they're dry bones, but it's because Jesus Christ is in them. And it is, the light it just exudes from them outwardly. It's amazing. And within a, I guarantee you within a couple of days sometimes you start to see a light go off. Within a week, I mean, you see change already. You see hope in their eyes. Some of them want to leave, and they're like, you know, one of my students the other day, he's like, you know what, I want to do the whole year. At first, uh, he was like, you know what, just call my probation officer, I'm bouncing. But then, you know, as time progressed, he has a smile on his face, and, you know, he's like, I'm going to do the whole year, and I'm going to cut my hair, and, you know, because he had really long hair, and we're like, you got to cut it. So like, well, you can call my probation officer then. You know, I'd rather go to jail than be here. And he's like, I'm going to cut my hair, Josh. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, that's a big commitment for some of them. But yes, the Lord is working there, amen. And this church is turned up. Sorry, I just got to say it. <laughs> I, get, I feel like I could be myself because I like to move it. You know, I, I like it. I like that. So... Yeah, you guys worship. Worship was awesome. It just set the set the atmosphere. But um, so yeah, um, since we can't have the, the the gang up here, I wish we could. They're ready. They're like, Josh, when are we gonna go out? I'm like, God in God's time, we'll be up here. And so we had to be creative. And so we had worship leaders from each of the SoCal centers come in a warehouse in Los Angeles and record professionally. So I pray you guys are blessed with it. Worship. It's another time of worship. Raise your hand. Stand up if you have to. Do a little praise break if you need to. And just in, in, enjoy. Where is it at? Probably on the screens. Okay.
I just feel led to try something real quick. I'm just going to shoot from the hip real quick. At Team Challenge, we do something um, we, uh, where I say Jesus and then the men says freeze us. I just want to try that with you guys. Is that cool? Yeah. Jesus. 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 Sweet. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I just wanted to try that. I'm like, this church is cool. They'll probably do it with me. So we have somebody giving their testimony, but it's not going to be from somebody who's currently in the program like it normally is. It's going to be from a brother who actually graduated the program and is now at our Bible college called Teen Challenge Ministry Institute. So that's why when when Mike was saying it's not a rehab, it's a Christian life school where men who were broken get discipled and learn how to be effective ministers of the gospel reconciliation They're at Teen Challenge, and if they want to further that discipleship, they have TCMI, which is in Southgate, California, and like the heart of the hood, pretty much you got Inglewood, you got Compton over there, and you got Long Beach, and you got, you know, you got L.A., Southeast L.A., but that's where the Bible College is, because you know that Jesus didn't just come to the, to the one who was, was all better. He came to the sick. He came to the, to the ones who were harlots. He came to the tax collectors. He came to the broken. And so that ministry is centered in the heart right there where ministry is taking place. And so we, uh, let's welcome Andrew. He's a third quarter intern. <laughs> Good morning, church. Um, your guys' worship is really awesome. I just want you guys to know that. Um, so my name's Andrew. I'm 25 years old. I'm 12 hours from home right now. I'm originally am from Humboldt County, California. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. Um, I was a meth and heroin addict for five years. Um, it started in 2016 when my best friend got shot and killed in front of me, and that just destroyed me. So... With being a drug addict, I was burning bridges left and right. I was being the worst version of myself. No one wanted to be around me. My parents were like, you know, stay away. My little sisters were like, we don't have an older brother. And that one really hit home was like, I only have sisters. And when they're like, we don't know you, that was really like, dang, I really need to evaluate my life. So instead of turning to God like I should have, I went and got high. I was like, this sucks. I went and got high. Um, like it, like uh, Pharaoh in the Bible, who said that his hard heart was hardened. My heart was hard as a rock. Like in my addiction, I watched people die, and it was just like, oh, that sucks. I saw people hurt. That sucks. And it took me overdosing and almost dying to realize, you know, there's there's got to be something more to just getting high and being hated. So my mom called me one day. She's like, you know what, we're going to take you to Teen Challenge, which they had been bugging me from a distance. It's go, go, go. And I was like, fine, I'll go. They're like, yeah, it's six months. And it's a, it's a rehab. It's not six months, it's a year, and it's a life school. <laughs> it took me, it took, after that, it took me three tries to get into, like, to actually take that step. He didn't take, they're like, you can't smoke cigarettes. And I was like, yeah, I'll be back. And the next time, I'm stubborn. The next time, they're like, you can't have a girlfriend. Mm, I'll be back. And the third time, they're like, are you going to come? And my mom was like, yeah, I'm going to come in this time. So I did. That was February of 2019, and I haven't looked back since. 
I did my year. It was a rough year. You know, you really have to surrender. I, I had to, I came in with my hard heart, and God changed that, and now I have a heart for everybody. Um, I, so after that year, my advisor was, was like, hey, you should go to TCMI. And I was like, eh, I've done my year. I'm ready to go, ready to do my thing, because I found out I had a kid. You know, I'm, I have to go be a dad. And then things happened, and I'm here I am at TCMI. It's amazing. Um, it's so much more. Like, it has given me so much that I could never imagine. Like, two and a half years ago, you wouldn't see me standing up here. I'd be that person across the street, like, hey, you got a couple bucks. Or the person walking down the street where you're just like, okay. So, yeah. If any of you have children in addiction, I want you to know that there's hope. That's one thing addiction steals from not only the addict himself, but it steals from their families. Hope for that person. Hope for the future. There is hope, and they will get through it one way or another. Thank you. Okay. Oh, there's a couple of mics. Which one do I use? <laughs> All right. Oh, it's kind of low. I'll just sit. They're like, yeah, you're supposed to do that from the start. <laughs> My bad. All right. Amen. That was a powerful testimony, amen. And, uh, because he has a new identity now in Jesus Christ. And the song that I'm going to share, it's called Redeemed by Big Daddy Weave. And it's a reminder that, hey, we were all sinners that was saved by grace. Amen. Each and every one of us, we all have a story. And sometimes the enemy wants to lie to you and say that, hey, you're not a new creation or you're not a child of God. And, you know, these lies want to try to latch itself onto you, but... I just want to remind you today of who you are in Jesus Christ, amen? And there's a completely new identity that he's given. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are, you are redeemed. You are bought back with a price, an expensive price of his blood. You are, you are a, a royal priesthood. You are his hands and his feet. You have royalty flown through your veins. You are eternally loved. Right? There's like all these identities that he ha- that he's given us, right? And and sometimes, you know, we, we just need to push down our feelings and remember what God says about us in his word. And so that's what this song, hopefully it's a reminder of who you are in Jesus. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yes, he gets me every time. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord for his redemptive power for sending his son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So good morning, church. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, this, he, he hits me every single time, man. Good Lord, man. Glasses fog up and everything. Man, thank you, Josh. Oh, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's on the throne. And, and, and Mike has to get off the throne, you know. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so let, let, can we pray real quick? Can we pray? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy, God. And just right now, Lord God, as, as, as this message, I just pray that you would just download just everything that you want to say, Lord. Just praying that you would just set me aside, Lord God. And, and, and also, Lord God, I'm just praying for the congregation right now, my brothers and sisters right now, that it would be receiving and understanding, Lord God. And also, Lord God, that they would also take that challenge that, that you've also given me and I want to give them. So, Father, I pray the blessing of your word. I just pray and just thank you for it, Lord God, and thank you. Thank you for the gift of salvation and the breath of life. So I commit this time to you. Speak through me, Lord. Use my mouth. Use my mind. And, and we praise you and thank you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. 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 So can, can I be uh, a little transparent with you guys? This week, I, and like I, I said in Cutler, this week has been a little rough for me, Okay. Um, it, it just has been rough for me. You know, I, um, I'm a single dad. I, I have full-time ministry. I'm also, you know, I, I just stopped going to school, but, um, I'm the sole caretaker of my mother, that praying mother. Okay. I mean that praying mother. And, um, we even joke at times I've been that codependent mother, you know, but that praying mother when I was in my addiction and when we came out, we used to go, I used to hold these groups for, um, you know, living free and, and she would come and, and, uh, we would talk about certain things and, and, and I would give my example of how the Lord has done some things in my life and what I've gone through and what she helped me through, you know, bringing me money and food on the streets and stuff. And I'd be like, mom, that's codependency. Be like, no, that's love. I go, no, that's codependency. No, that's love. So I, never mind. <laughs> but my mother, her health uh, this week took a turn. On Wednesday, I had to rush her to the hospital, and um, we knew that dialysis was coming, and uh, and it just um, it just hit home where you know she had to get admitted, and um, she just had her first dialysis uh, yesterday, and hopefully she's going to be feeling a whole lot better. But, um, yes, I, I, it's just been a, a lot because that is my rock. You know, that's, that's the lady that's always been there. I mean, always been in my corner. You know, she prayed me into teen challenge. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and if you even know more of my testimony, when I first came out of jail for the final last time, praise the Lord, because it was a revolving door, I called her and they had moved. My family had moved up here to get away from me. I'm originally from Southern California. They took my daughter and moved up here to the Central Valley in Fresno to get away from me. I called her and I said, I just got out. She goes, I know. She goes, what do you want? I go, Can I talk to my daughter? Yes, but what do you want? And I go, I, I need help. I, I know that if I, I stick with with doing the court issue stuff, it's just not going to work. She goes, well, read Psalm 91 and hung up on me. 
I said, okay. And that continued where she got to the point of personalizing. And that has been just the rock and scripture of me dialing 911 to the Lord. Okay, let me tell you, that's what I was doing. Dialing 911 for protection. And he answers you. He answers you at the end. He answers you at the end. Okay, he answers that call. So that that has just been, you know, a scripture between her and I that she has given me and I stand firm on. But that is my rock. That's my rock. So it's just been a little tough this week. But I want to talk to you about sacrifice and time, sacrifice and worship. Okay, because that's what it's drawn me to. That's what the Lord has put me to is, you know what? You need to sacrifice your time with worship. So we're going to talk about the book of Romans, two scriptures in Romans. And if you don't know about Romans, it's a letter to the church at Rome. You know, it was Rome was was a city which was multi-ethnic. It was prosperous. And guess what? It was immoral. (laughs) You wouldn't guess. Yes. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Yes. Um, Paul was the author, but he was assisted by Tertius. And if you read in Romans chapter 16, verses 22, it talks about Tertius, you know, that he wrote it with his hand, you know, but Paul, you know, dictated. Um, it was probably written um, in the mid 50s um, and from Corinth. You can also check that out in Romans chapter 15, verses 25. Uh, the epistle or the letter was to be read from start to finish. So it was a text that was to be heard in one sitting in the church. The purpose was of the letter was to introduce Paul, okay, to the Romans and give a sample of his message before he even arrives because he had never been there yet. So here's Paul just, you know, dictating this message and this this letter. But the letter is rich. It's exciting, actually. Um, If you read it, you know, you don't have to read it in all, you know, we're supposed to meditate on the word, okay? But it, it stirs the gospel message in the hearts of Christians, in the hearts, it's supposed to stir the message and let us know that the gospel saves, it transforms, and it unites. Okay, so the gospel is 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 true, is real. But in the in in the book of Romans, you get the Christian faith summarized. Okay, you get it summarized. There's a lot of foundational stuff in there. So we want to talk about today in Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bible or if you have your app. I want to ask you this. This is my first challenge to you. If you have your Bible app, take it. And I want you to go to Romans chapter 12 and highlight verses one and two. Highlight those verses. If you have your Bible, highlight those. If there aren't if they aren't already highlighted in your Bible. okay? some of us, I know my Bible looks like, you know, it looks different highlights and stuff. But highlight those verses because I want you to reflect on them and, and, and the Lord will call them to you with this challenge that I want to give you or this encouragement I want to give you. So Romans chapter 12, verse one and two reads this. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Lord, bless, bless the word, bless, bless what I'm about to say in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So when I look at this scripture, there's, there's certain words that just pop out and highlight that I see. The first one is mercy. Mercy. 
The second one is sacrifice, spiritual, worship, transformed, renewing, test, God's will, and perfect will. When I see these words, they, they, they kind of just stand out and, and I'm kind of stirred and, and drawn to them. The first one, like I said, was mercy. Mercy is, is, is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who is, who, who it is within one's power to punish or harm. It basically is not giving us what we deserve. So it says in view of God's mercy, okay, his mercy upon us. Praise the Lord that that we have mercy from the Lord. The second one I always get to see is is sacrifice. And this is what I want to talk to you about is is, is time and sacrifice. But sacrifice. So sacrifice is is something that we give, isn't it? It's a sacrifice. Today we would look at different sacrifices. and, And God's idea of sacrifice is not the same as ours, is it? No, it's not. It really isn't. If we look at it now in these times and days. So I want to take you to the Old Testament and and the first and sacrifice. The first sacrifice we see is with Adam and Eve experienced the first sacrifice by God. The last sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ, we see was instituted by God. This was his mercy upon us. Holy and pleasing to God. A sacrifice has to die, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to die. We see also in with Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter four is where the principles of sacrifice were confirmed. You see that Abel, um, his his sacrifice was recognized as the just penalty for sin. Excuse me. This was pleasing to God, and God was able to draw near because sin had crept into the world, and now he was he he you know God can't be around sin. So here was a sacrifice in a way where God was able to draw near. When you look at Noah in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, he came out of the ark and uh, built an altar to worship and sacrifice some animals. God met him and even gave a pledge to never destroy like that. Abraham in uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 8, and uh Chapter 13, verse 18, regularly worship God by offering sacrifices to him. These were blood sacrifices, you guys. These were blood sacrifices from animals. God even gave a peep into the future about the ultimate sacrifice being a human, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He sacrificed his life. You see, in Moses... Uh, or you see with not in Moses, but with Moses in, in Exodus chapter 25 through 31 and 35 uh, through 41 was given the law and established the principles of worship, rituals of worship that would have to be done over and over for sin to be atoned for, for God to come and draw near. These were those blood sacrifices again. When we look at worship, when we really want to look at worship it is reverent devotion and an allegiance pledge to God, the rituals or ceremonies by which this reverence is expressed. The English word worship comes from the old English word worth-ship, a word which denotes the worthiness of the one receiving the special honor or devotion. Got that one from Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. That's not Mike Jones. <laughs> David, we see, 
When we look at David's life in chap, in, uh, second Samuel, um, chapter 16, verse 13, although he was not a priest, he did sacrifice and worship with all his heart devoted to God. He was a great example for us to combine of, of how he combined his reverence and joyful thanksgiving to the Lord in worship in the Old, Ta- in the Old Testament sacrificial laws. How many of you, you, you love David? I love David because he danced. I love David because he, he, he got undignified and, and danced. You know, like me, I want to take the tie off and just, I want to dance for what the Lord has done in my life. David was a good example. He poured his heart out in the Psalms over and over. We have a great example. But I want to talk about the, the best example. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said this in John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. I believe that this is what Romans 12 Right here, these, these two verses are talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth, giving this sacrificial time. So the sacrifice in the Old Testament was the whole animal. And you see that even in Leviticus, you see the, the regulations and the different things that over and over had to do so they could atone for their sin. The sacrifice would be consumed by the Lord. And now we have sacrifice we have to sacrifice wholeheartedly ourselves our service and our time this is pleasing to the lord now this is where we can be consumed by the lord ourselves and be filled with his presence that's what used to happen with these animal sacrifices you know they would they would sacrifice and they would go in and the priest would walk in sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and the place would fill with his presence praise the lord Now we have an opportunity to be filled with his presence and consumed through Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that he gave. Praise the Lord. The act of worship now has come to a complete different definition. We do not build an altar and we don't sacrifice animals. That's a huge bloody mess that I'm not trying to get into. Okay. It is just not the service that we have but although I love worship, I love worship. I love that time where the Lord, you, you, you ever have that time where, you, where you're sitting and, and that worship song comes on? And, and, and even with me, my glasses fog up, you know, I start getting, you know, tears coming to my eyes and the Lord speaks to you in those worship times. Those are great. Those are awesome times. The Lord can speak to you and move through you and energize you and charge you and move you to do things. But it's a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle and it's a pursuit of God. That is our sacrifice. That's our sacrifice right there. So let me give you a question. Here's my question for you today. What would we look at today as being a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God? What would be our spiritual act of worship? Here's some mic thoughts. I believe the giving of ourselves wholeheartedly, not wavering on the fence with the things of the Lord. This requires faith, doesn't it? 
it requires some strong faith, doesn't it? It even is, is a gift, the gift of faith that we can express to others when, when they're low and down. But I like how it says in Hebrews eleven six, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So this is where we can't waver back and forth. We got to have faith, strong faith that he died for. He died for my sins. OK. Praise the Lord. Next is our service. And the best example, obviously, the best example is who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. It, like it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I do believe that when we serve, guess what? This is pleasing to the Lord. Not just serving our brother that we get along with. But serving those, yeah, that we may even have opposition with. That's real service and pleasing. And guess what? That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. It is. He called us to love. He called us to love. Now let's talk about time. Because everyone in this room and everybody at the sound of my voice, we all have the same amount of time that God has given us each day. Unless he calls us, unless he calls us to him, okay? We all have the same exact amount of time. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how young we are. We have the same amount of time in each and every single day. But really, if we look at time, I mean really, really, really look at time, to me, that's the real sacrifice to give to the Lord. It's a real spiritual act of worship to the Lord, when we sacrifice our time, even if we look at Mark, if you have if you have your Bible, this is also a, a verse that I want you to, to grasp and and to highlight and look at Mark, chapter 10, verse 34 or 38. Excuse me. Mark, chapter 10, verse 38 and 42 through 42. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary. Who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked. This is where she was bold asking the Lord. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. She sat at the Lord's feet. She wanted to listen. She wanted to hear what the Lord said. She wanted to sit in his presence, bask in his glory in his presence. Sacrificing our time to spend with the Lord can be the, to me the greatest spiritual act of worship. I know that the, the daily hustle and the things that we you know, have to do and have to accomplish day by day, I believe can be uh, a, a distraction to us at times. Excuse me, from hearing from what the Lord has to say or even what he's calling us to do. Time is one thing we can give but never get back. The time that we spend with the Lord, 
the, the sacrificial time that we give to the Lord, guess what? We do get something back. We do. We get filled with his presence. We get to know what he's called us to do. We get the strength and the confidence of what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act. And, 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 and I'll just tell you, personally, Mike Jones gets taken off the throne. <laughs> Even in worship, I noticed that, you know, with the songs, God knows who he is, okay? He's all-knowing. He knows who he is. So when I'm singing those worship songs, it's not so much for him to know who he is. It's for me to know who he is, okay? So when I'm worshiping, it's those times where I'm praying and just giving thanksgiving and pouring out my heart. That's that sacrificial time to spend with the Lord. I get something back. But if I spend my time doing other things, hey, I might not get nothing back. Let's read verse 2 again. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I've noticed when, when we spend time or when you sacrifice time, he has given us, I do believe, that everything in verse 2 is accomplished. You come to notice that you begin to be in his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Verse 2 talks about no longer conforming to the pattern of this world. I'll let you know that right off there, conforming no longer to the pattern of this world, guess what? That's a sacrifice too. That's just a, that's a huge sacrifice. But to no longer regard the sinful things of the world to govern you is a sacrifice. We should not be conformed either inwardly or in appearance to the values, ideas, and behaviors of this fallen world. To me, the time you spend with the Lord allows you to be transformed where the Holy Spirit gives you the strength to not conform or even sets you up to be transformed. Where you don't even want to conform to the patterns of this world. It's where the transformation takes place, the renewing takes place when you sacrifice this time with the Lord. He meets you right where you're at. Let's talk about transformed. It's changed radically in inner character, condition, or nature. Not just changed. I, 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 transformation is, is different from just being changed. Yes, there is a change, but let's talk about transformation real quick. I always like to say at Teen Challenge, you know, I ask the guys there, hey, what are you here for? And they all went, yeah, I just want to change my life. Or I want to be changed. I'm like, no, the Lord wants you to be transformed. He wants you to be transformed. And I, and I believe that's, that's for us too. All of us in the church. He wants us to be transformed. And I always look at the butterfly effect. You guys know what that is? I always tell them about the butterfly effect, about the little caterpillar who, who sets himself up. He takes himself off and he's by himself and he begins to, to chew on the leaves to me, that's, that's he's feasting on the word of God. He's chewing and he, and he gets all that he needs for that time that he wants to sit and he begins to spin that cocoon and gets in there. And what happens in that time? What happens in that, that, that magnificent time? There's transformation 
He does not come out the same, does he? He doesn't come back as that little little worm, does he? No. He comes back as a beautiful butterfly, able to fly, spread his wings. And we look at those and we're like, wow, look at that. There's, that's transformation right there. That's real transformation. And that's what I tell. That's what God wants to do. He wants to transform you. I guarantee if you saw me 10 years ago, okay, like I was explaining, if you saw me 10 years ago, man, first of all, I would have dark shades on, all black clothes, probably black gloves. You'd probably, ladies, you'd be grabbing your purses, pulling your kids close to you like, what in the world? Where did he come from? You know? You see me now, it's, it's, it, people are like, he's not the same person. There's, there's that transformation. There's that transformation that God gives. Only he can do that. Only he can give that transformation. So that's that butterfly effect. I believe this is what happens when you, when you put in the sacrificial time with the Lord. Transformation has happened in all of our lives. But guess what? It needs to continue. It has to continue. This is where the sacrificial or the, the sacrifice and worship are continuous for us to be renewed. For us to be renewed. You know, we get tired. We get weary. But I, I've seen where the Lord renews with the power, that dynamite power of the Holy Spirit in that sacrificial time that we spend with him. Renewing of your mind is a process. Okay, it is a process. It takes dedication. It takes determination and encouragement for others to say, hey, go spend time with the Lord. As Ron Brown, our executive director of uh, Teen Challenge of Southern California, he always likes to say it's uh, it's the renewing of the, not, the the renewing of the mind, not the removal of the mind. OK. In this time, you, you, we see that the world wants the removal of your mind. It wants to implant certain things in your mind that, that say it's okay it's okay for this or it's okay for that no god has some perfect ways god is perfect they want you to remove your thought process and to think for you no no he wants to renew your mind renew your mind with his perfect pleasing will I like to see in um, in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse sixteen and seventeen. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. It is a day by day process. The renewing, the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Yes, it's, we have the guarantee. Yes, it's right there. But guess what? We need to be filled up. We need to spend that time with him. You know, it is possible to avoid most worldly customs and still be proud, covetous, selfish, stubborn, and arrogant. Yes, it's possible to still do those things. But only when the Holy Spirit renews, reeducates, and redirects our minds, we are truly transformed. And then able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So I'm a baseball fan, okay? I, I love baseball. I grew up playing baseball. 
Um, I'm an Oakland A's fan, okay? Praise the Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm an Oakland A's fan. I love Pastor. Yes, I'm an Oakland A's fan. It, I always like, I always like my man. Hit, and Pastor Mark, we go back and forth. He's all, he's a Giants fan. He, he used to come show up at the center. He used to come show up at the center, and uh, he used to come teach class, and he would always have his Giants stuff on, and I'd be like, oh man, here he goes. <laughs> but so there's that, there's that rivalry. But I'm an Oakland A's fan. I love baseball. Okay. And uh, my daughter will tell you, even when I'm watching it, sometimes I fall asleep. I love it so much. <laughs> but, but instead, I like to watch the highlights. I love watching highlights. We, 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 you know, we thank God for MLB uh, Network. I love it. Thank, thank you, God, um, that I get to see the highlights. Because you know what I love to see? I love to see the home run highlights. Home run highlights to me are, are the best. I love seeing that ball just launched. But guess what? To me, that is where, where, where that ball connects to the sweet spot of the bat. To me, that's a representation of being in the sweet spot with God. That sweetness with the Lord. When, when, when you just, ah, I don't know if you've ever just, ah, and it just launches out. And, and it's bat flipping time. And, and even the, the player knows. The player knows when that ball is just launched out. He knows when that ball is just a home run and he begins to do that slower trot around the bases, you know, that slow trot, that home run trot that you get. That's that sweetness with the Lord. That's that confidence of knowing that the Holy Spirit is working in your life and he's called you to do what what he's called you to do. So I I love that representation of, of being in God's good, pleasing and perfect will. But guess what? Just like those guys that hit those home runs, they got to spend time doing something, don't they? They have workout time and they have time for preparation. Guess what? We have, they, that's a sacrifice that they take. Sacrificing their time away from their families. But guess what? We have to have a sacrifice of time and sitting with the Lord to have that sweet spot with him. That's exactly where we need to be. The sacrificial giving of our time to the Lord in prayer and devotional reading of the word would be one of our greatest spiritual acts of worship, I believe. This would be giving of ourselves wholeheartedly, recognizing who is of the highest worth in those times. In that time, we set our values in accord with what God wills and lines our hearts up with his perfect standards. This is even when worry and doubt are even cast out. I like to sit in this, you know, and even more so in this past week, but I like to sit in the mornings, you guys, and and, uh, we have Alexa all through our house. So I like to say, you know, Alexa... Play some worship music or turn on Jesus Culture Radio. I'll go in my room and it's playing and, and I have my desk and my chair and my Bible and the coffee sitting there. And all of a sudden I just, I have to turn around and just drop to my knees. I'm sacrificing this time because I got to get up even earlier, okay, because I got to, I live in Fresno. I got to get prepared and dressed and, and everybody ready and everything, but this is a sacrifice of my time. I hit my knees and I'm either singing the worship songs or just pouring out my thanks to him. Not asking for anything yet. Not asking for anything, but just spending that time 
and just allowing him to download everything that he's called me to do. Just giving that thanks and praise of who he is and what he's done and just reminding myself of who he is and what he's done. Because he already knows. He, he knows all things. He knows before I even open my mouth what I need. He already knows. But spending that sacrificial time with him, I believe, casts out worry, doubt, fear, and gives me the confidence that the Holy Spirit wants me to have. That's what he wants for each and every one of us. So when we, and, and, and I believe that's where you get consumed by his presence immersed in his presence the power of the holy spirit begins to speak to you begins to move in your hearts the 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 voice gets louder the enemy has to subside from that he can't be around that so i want to charge you guys i want to charge you guys i want to challenge you guys I, i believe the lord has given me a gift of encouragement but also i like to call it a gift of challenging okay I want to challenge you today, okay? I want to challenge you with the sacrificial uh, giving up of time to the Lord. I challenge you today, okay, to set a timer on your phone. Everybody got a phone, okay? All right? My daughter, she had one at eight years old, okay? Everybody's got a time. Set a timer, okay? Even if you've got to get up earlier or during your lunch break or even before you go to bed. Set a timer that says... My time with the Lord. Etch out some time in your day, even if it's just 15 minutes, a half hour, 10 minutes, five minutes, something. Where you get in a quiet place with, by yourself, where you got to close the door, or you're by yourself, however you can get away, okay? And just spend that time with him and say, Lord, I'm giving up this time because I want more of you. I need more of you. I know that you want to work in my life and I know you want to speak to me and give me more, that you want to give me more of who you are. That's my challenge to you because I guarantee, guess what? He's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to meet you right where you're at. He will. And then I challenge you to continue that, to continue it, to follow through with your sacrifice. In Hebrews, this is what I want to just end with. In Hebrews, it says, in chapter 13, it says in verse 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I hope you grasp a hold of this challenge, and I hope you, by all means, put a smile on his face. That's my prayer in the morning. I want to put a smile on your face. I want to please you, Lord. I want to please you. Because in those times that you sit with him through that challenge, guess what? It's a sacrifice, and it's pleasing. And his good, pleasing, and perfect will can move and consume and move you about to do what he wants you to do. So God bless you guys. I thank you, Pastor. I thank you, Pastor. God bless you guys. And uh, 